Welcome to another episode of the Slam Fest podcast, where we bring the premier rock concert pregaming experience from the parking lot to the podcasting airwaves. I'm Brad. So back to my concert chronology this week after several, several weeks in a row with very special guests, which was awesome. But not only am I solo this week, I'm going to cover a band that exploded while I was in my senior year of college, but never saw them until 10 years later. This episode is going to revolve around the Green Day concert I saw on May 7th, 2005 at Van Andel Arena in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So background with the band on the bill. So Green Day. So again, I went to college from 91 and graduated in 95. So I can remember in the spring of 1994, friends from Chicago were talking about hearing them on the radio. So I don't know if that was like over spring break or possibly over the summer and then talked to people and saw people over the summer. I, I spent the summer between my junior and senior year in Des Moines and I just remember people talking about them and I think it was probably hearing the song Longview on the radio and then shortly thereafter they were at Woodstock 94 and at some point I've talked about my roommate Paul who never went a week without buying at least one new album so I'm sure he got it first and we listened to it and I'm sure I took some songs from it and put it on one of my Drake mixes but I remember Paul getting the pay-per-view for the Woodstock 94 obviously the infamous mud fight was during that show but just remember being blown away by them and that performance and then a few months later on MTV they aired what was later dubbed Jaded in Chicago, so recorded live November 18th, 1994 at the Aragon Ballroom. And that show is amazing. And I can remember I had stereo uh, set up in a way that I could dub stuff from VHS to a cassette tape. So I remember making a cassette of that live show and listening to it quite a bit in my car. So again, being exposed to a couple of high profile shows of theirs as they were starting to take off, I was definitely a fan and the stuff off of Dookie was really the soundtrack to my senior year in college. So there were a couple of cover bands. So I've talked about some cover bands from Omaha that we used to see. And I can't remember if I brought up the Coctosins before. John who? It's John. John Lev. I don't remember. John Cocktoasten. But I know they did a lot more of the alternative stuff, stuff from the 90s. And, you know, I think they probably did Basket Case. When I come around, at least that's my memory of it. And then there was a band in Des Moines called Pure Shake. And I know they did some Green Day specifically when I come around. So, again, it was stuff that I was being exposed to in the bars and obviously at parties and like I said on my Drake related mixes. So on to this show. So as I mentioned this was the first time that I saw them. So as Dookie was obviously blowing up and they were touring around the country and the world obviously didn't have an opportunity to see them then and then after Dookie so after they started releasing some of these other albums that weren't quite at the same level and as popular you know i not that i had moved on from them i i enjoyed some of that stuff as well but it wasn't something i was seeking out and it certainly wasn't something that i was going to go see in the late 90s even early 2000s but as we'll talk a little bit more about the album american idiot this thing obviously blew up as well 10 years later which was interesting and they were hitting arenas across the country and there was a stop close to me and I pulled the trigger and wanted to see them live. So set list, American Idiot, Jesus of Suburbia, Holiday, Are We the Waiting, 
St. Jimmy, Maria, Knowledge, She, Shout, Minority, Brain Stew, Jaded, Basket Case, Long View, 2000 Light Years Away, Hitchin' a Ride, King for a Day, Boulevard of Broken Dreams, Wake Me Up When September Ends, and Closed the Set with Good Riddance, Time of Your Life. So not really a traditional encore there, but a solid, solid 20-song set. So zero songs off of 39, Smooth, one song from Kerplunk, three songs from Dookie, two songs from Insomniac, three songs from Nimrod, one song from Warning, one song from International Super Hits, seven songs from American Idiot, and two covers. So the cover songs in there, so Knowledge, which is an Operation Ivy cover, and Shout, which is an Isley Brothers cover. So overall, set list wise, I mean, again, they covered their whole career up to that point with nothing off of their debut, 39 Smooth. Only three songs from Dookie, which is a little bit of a surprise. And the two cover songs, I, I get it. You know, they wanted to uh, give a nod to, to those songs, but with the amount of material that they had, not sure there was any need for that. Seven songs from American Idiot. You know, ultimately, with how big this album was, and again, we'll talk about this album in a little more detail along with Dookie, that they didn't just do the whole thing from start to finish. I guess I'm a little surprised that they didn't pull that off based on the concept of it and the story that it told. But overall, it was a solid set list. So my memory of this, again, this was obviously a huge arena tour. I mean, they were on tour for, you know, 13 or 14 months promoting this album. And Billy Joe and Mike Dernt were total rock stars during this show. So, you know, to the chagrin of all of the punk purists, you know, that said that uh, Green Day sold out even with Dookie. These guys, total rock stars, so animated, so engaging, getting the crowd into it. I mean, it was it was awesome. And the floor at Van Andel Arena was completely GA. I can't remember if the whole arena was GA. My guess was that it was not and that there were assigned seats in the lower bowl and upper bowl, but the floor was GA, which is exactly where I was. Stage-wise, you know, they had a catwalk going out into the crowd. Lighting rig was pretty sweet. You know, they had these banners that were hanging down uh, behind with a photo of the album cover on there. So again, it was, it was a big show. It was packed and they were total rock stars. What I can remember uh, specifically during American Idiot, which was the first song of the night, they kind of extended the breakdown in there and he went ahead and tried to get the crowd to do the wave, which I'm not sure I had ever been to a concert where that was attempted. And anyway, something that uh, stuck out to me from that show. Now, it wasn't just the three of them. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about that, talked about that last week uh, during the Colt episode where they really needed a, another guitar player to help fill that stuff out while Billy Duffy was playing all those guitar leads during those songs. So they had an additional guitar player and keyboardist to help fill things out. So Jason White, lead and rhythm guitar and backing vocals. And then Jason Freeze, keyboard, sax, trombone, accordion, acoustic guitar, and backing vocals. So again, it sounded very good. Again, a lot of the songs off of American Idiot, a lot going on. So I'm glad that they had the additional musicians to help fill a lot of that stuff out. 
liked. So again, overall, it was a great, great show. This is the only time I've ever seen Green Day. And, you know, would I go see him again? Sure. But this was, you know, again, they, they kind of had two uh, peaks here. And, and we'll talk about that stuff here coming up. And so it was interesting to see them kind of after they had peaked with Dookie, kind of fallen off a little bit, and then regained their place at the top of the music world. So on to the new segment that I introduced last week. So concert calendar with the band on the bill. So what has Green Day been up to and what do they have scheduled in the future? So Hella Mega Tour, originally scheduled for March through August of 2020. And obviously that was postponed and rescheduled for 2021. They did 21 shows in North America, hit Detroit's Comerica Park on August 10th, 2021. I did not attend. They did European shows in June of 2022 and overall canceled 18 shows of that tour. So most recently, Green Day was on the Lollapalooza bill. So July 29th of 2022, apparently they did an after show at the Metro in Chicago, which would have been pretty kick ass. And then they did their actual Lollapalooza show in Grant Park on July 31st, 2022. And then they just played the Outside Lands Music and Arts Festival, Golden Gate Park, San Francisco, California, on August 6th of 22. So scheduled dates for the remainder of 2022 so far. So they've got seven shows on the books. So September 9th, Rock in Rio, Barra da Tahuca, Brazil, with Fallout Boy. September 11th, Buenos Aires with special guest Billy Idol. And that show is sold out. But what a great bill that would be. September 18th, the See Here Now Festival in Asbury Park, New Jersey. September 22nd, Hard Rock Live, Hollywood, Florida. September 24th, Firefly Music Festival, Dover, Delaware. October 2nd, Singapore Grand Prix in Singapore. And October 21st, F1 U.S. Grand Prix at Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas. So check them out. They're going to be in your area the remainder of this year. Now on to the Band on the Bill Spotlight. So, one and only time seeing Green Day. I don't know if this will be the last time I see them, but let's put their two biggest albums up against each other. But I'm not just going to talk about one album and then talk about the other album and kind of give my preference. I'm going to do what we did on the 100th episode. So I have chosen quote-unquote like songs from each album and put those up against each other. So Dookie released February 1st, 1994, Produced by Rob Cavallo and Green Day, charted at number two, and is certified diamond 10 times platinum. And obviously it was exposure in college when this thing was blowing up and I was just finishing my college career. American Idiot released September 21st, 2004. Produced by Rob Cavallo and Green Day, charted at number one and is certified six times platinum. Best Rock Album at the 2005 Grammy Awards. And what was interesting about this, so this thing had come out, I think I can remember hearing American Idiot, but back in 2004, there was a small group of my college friends that were burning CDs of things that we were listening to. I'm not even sure how long we did this, but it was pretty interesting. And we made multiple copies of them and sent them out to everybody. And then everybody else did the same thing. So it was just like, what were you listening to? You know, a couple songs maybe from each artist and just, you know, give a, a sampling to everybody, which was actually pretty cool. But during that, I can remember one of the guys, I believe it was Tony, had thrown out 
that, hey, have you guys checked out the new Green Day album? It's as good or better than Dookie. So let's dive into this and see where I come out on putting these two albums up against each other. So obviously I had to take a couple of liberties with this. Dookie has 14 songs on it and American Idiot has 13. But with American Idiot, two of the songs are nine minutes plus and have multiple sections of each of those songs. And then Dookie's last song technically has two parts where there's some dead air there and then there's another song that starts. So there was a way to put 15 songs against 15 songs. So let's get started. I'm gonna use Dookie as my template and I will put the slow songs in order and put them against a quote unquote like song from American Idiot, which again was a little bit challenging because these are two different albums, and but there was still a way to kind of do that, and I put some singles up against each other, and anyway, you'll see, you'll see where I was going with this. So to kick it off, so first up, Burnout from Dookie versus the first three sections of the song Homecoming from American Idiot. So the death of Saint Jimmy. East 12th Street, and Nobody Likes You. So Burnout, two hi-hat hits, and then kicks in immediately, and you are off and going with the album Dookie. Upbeat punk opener. So chorus, just Billy Joe on all the choruses. Go straight into verse two after that first chorus. They do chorus two twice and then into a breakdown and some serious drum fills. Reminds me of the breakdown in Rip It Out by Ace Fraley. Very, very similar drum fills, but awesome. Bass really pops in this song. Great, great lyrics. So moving on to those first three sections of the song Homecoming from American Idiot. So the death of Saint Jimmy. Cool riff, palm muting in there, just Billy's vocal. Kicks into a killer, killer riff. Verse, fantastic harmonies in there. Into East 12th Street. Picks up in tempo, nobody cares. Jesus fills out paperwork at the facility on East 12th Street. Underlying ooze in there, call and response, somebody get me out of here. Acoustic strumming and some ah-ohs at the end there. And then Nobody Likes You, which was composed by Mike Durnt and Mike Durnt on vocals. Kind of a bell doing the melody of the chorus of this song, military style drumming chanting type chorus and then the last line of that song where'd you go and some great delay in there but out of these two i've got to give the edge to burnout just kicks you in the face and kicks off that great great album next up having a blast from dookie versus jesus of suburbia and the first sections of that song from american idiot so having a blast, killer riff, verse, chugging riff, and bass is really popping again. Very heavy feel to it. Great melody, call and response with harmonies. Chorus, great melody, more harmonies. Post-chorus, to me, it's nothing. And a great bridge, great, great song. Jesus of Suburbia, which is the first section of the song with the same title. Great power chords, call and response with the vocal twice and then into a driving riff with the balance of that first verse line. Great melody, chorus, and there's nothing wrong with me. This is how I'm supposed to be in a land of make-believe that don't believe in me. Verse two, so good to alcohol and cigarettes and Mary Jane to keep me insane, doing someone else's cocaine. Such a fantastic delivery. More drum fills, again, similar to Burnout and a similar comparison to the <laughs> Rip It Out song by Ace Fraley. Very, very cool. And then the second section of this song, City of the Damned, underlying piano, great verse melody, chorus, underlying haze, 
Great Melody, City of the Damned, At the End of Another Lost Highway, Signs Misleading to Nowhere, Next Verse, Piano Returns, very, very cool. So, Jesus of Suburbia is probably one of my favorite songs on American Idiot, so I've got to give that the edge over having a blast. Next up, Chump from Dookie versus the last three sections of Jesus of Suburbia. I Don't Care, Dearly Beloved, and Tales of Another Broken Home. So Chump, great riff into the verse, opening line, I don't know you, but I think I hate you. Just classic, classic punk. Chorus, just Billy Joe initially. Oh, maybe I'm just dumb. Great harmonies. Great instrumental breakdown, outro, bass, drums, riffing. Very interesting last half of this song. So the last three sections of Jesus of Suburbia. I don't care. Cool riff with lead melody. Gang vocal. I don't care if you don't. I don't care if you don't care. Follows the riff, which I'm not always a huge fan of. And then I don't care. I don't care. Verse, very punky feel and vocal delivery. Chorus, Land of Make-Believe part is actually pretty good. Dearly Beloved, cool verse, underlying acoustic verse, some ooze in there. Kind of reminds me of Collective Soul. And is that a triangle back there? And then Tales of Another Broken Home, bass intro, verse, heavy riff, harmonies, chorus. And I leave behind this hurricane of fucking lies. Serious drumming in there, melodic guitar solo, Breakdown, piano, and just Billy Joe on the vocal. Outro, home, you're leaving, are you leaving home? Again, overall, all those sections of Jesus Suburbia are my favorite uh, on the album. But just those three sections versus Chump, I gotta give the edge to Chump. Next up, Longview from Dookie versus Holiday from American Idiot. So Longview, great segue from the end of Chump. It just, uh, that transition is, is fantastic. Great, great bass line, percussion, verse, sprinkled in harmonies in there, pre-chorus machine gun drumming, and then riffing really kicks in. Chorus, great melody. Underlying riff is awesome. And as a Kiss fan, I always thought that kind of that underlying riff during the chorus kind of reminded me of the intro to Detroit Rock City. Breakdown, I Got No Motivation part is great. Cool melodic riff as the song fades out. Holiday, great intro riff. Say hey, cha, verse, cool riff. Not a huge fan of the haze in there during the verse. Chorus, Kicks in, underlying driving riff is great. Great harmonies in there. Verse two, the amen part, that backing vocal, just, I don't know, doesn't do a ton for me. Cool guitar solo though. And again, not a fan of the breakdown, that spoken word part, uh, just not a fan. So this matchup of these two singles is actually not even close to me. Long view by a mile. Next up, Welcome to Paradise from Dookie versus St. Jimmy from American Idiot. Welcome to Paradise, great riff, verse, palm muting in there, great bass line, pre-chorus, harmonizing, chorus, O's in there, great, harmonizing, again, music stops, Welcome to Paradise. Could have worked as the album opener as well, I know they opened shows with this song which worked well as well breakdown bass runs and percussion riffing comes in everything builds back into that third verse and then outro great great song saint jimmy upbeat chugging riff verse vocal call and response with power chords chorus melodic and cool harmonies outro last 50 seconds tempo change very very cool part Great backing vocals singing St. Jimmy. So two good songs. Welcome to Paradise. Edges out St. Jimmy for me. Next up, Pulling Teeth from Dookie versus Extraordinary Girl 
from American Idiot. Pulling teeth, opening riff, sounds like something to me. Turns into a kind of an old-time rock and roll song from the late 50s. Verse, great harmonies, chorus, great harmonies, almost an Everly Brothers vibe to me. Very, very cool solo. Extraordinary Girl, interesting bongo intro, lead melody is cool. Verse, harmonies again sound like late 50s. Chorus, melody is fantastic. She gets so sick of crying. Cool, cool song. So actually I'm a fan of both of these songs, but I've got to give the edge to Extraordinary Girl. Next up, Basket Case from Dookie versus the title cut from American Idiot. Basket Case, chugging riff. Billy Joe's vocal is so good. Sporadic percussion in there. Verse harmonies. And then just amazing when it kicks in. Chorus, amazing bass runs, great harmonies. Cool instrumental breakdown. And again, amazing drumming throughout this song. Great fills. This song was so, so big when it was released. Just awesome. American Idiot, killer riff, verse, call and response, vocal, drums with the killer riff is very, very cool. Chorus, double-tracked vocal is so good along with the melody. Guitar solo follows the chorus vocal melody, which is cool. Everything stops, calling out to Idiot America, very cool song. And then I can't not mention Canadian Idiot from Weird Al. So did Green Day finally make it with this album because Weird Al did a parody. Don't wanna be a Canadian idiot. Don't wanna be some bear swilling hockey nuts. And do I look like some frostbitten hose head? I never learned my alphabet from A to Z. But between these two huge songs, I gotta go with Basket Case. It's just, it's just too good. So we're about halfway through. Let's take a quick break. All right, let's get back to it. So She from Dookie versus She's a Rebel from American Idiot. She, cool bass, drum intro, verse, cool melody. Bass and drums continue. Chorus kicks in. Harmonies during the back end of the chorus are very, very cool. She's a Rebel. It just kicks in right out of the gates. Kind of reminds me almost of an Avril Lavigne song, which is not a bad thing. Chorus melody is pretty good. Quick hitter. Outro is the best part of the song. The She's a Rebel part and She's Dangerous is very, very cool. But between these two, I've got to go with She off of Doogie. Next up, Sassafrat's Roots from Dookie versus Are We the Waiting from American Idiot. So Sassafras Roots, verse, call and response vocal with a riff and bass line, verse backing vocals, wasting your time, harmonies, very, very cool. Are We the Waiting, great drumming intro, almost a melody in itself just with the drums, which will come up again and a couple other songs on this album. Arpeggiated chords, verse, melody, and delivery are so good. Are we, we are, the waiting, the chorus, are we, we are, the waiting, backing vocals, and then Billy Joe with just the and screaming, and then backing vocals, kind of call and response. Are we, we are, the waiting, great, great backing vocals. So between these two, I've got to go with Are We The Waiting from American Idiot. Next up, When I Come Around from Dookie and Wake Me Up When September Ends from American Idiot. So When I Come Around, classic 90s riff, verse, delivery, melody over that riff is so, so good. Chorus, driving riff, bass, and percussion. That bass lick and then everything stops. And he sings, When I Come Around, so simple, but so good. Wake Me Up When September Ends, arpeggiated clean chords, verse melody, so good. Underlying light percussion just adds a ton to the intro of this song. 
drums kick in. Again, melody in itself, just with that drum beat. Arpeggiated distorted chords come in. Single hi-hat hits, which I love. Outro, his double-tracked vocal is so good. Wake me up when September ends. So again, two singles, two huge songs. Gotta go with Wake Me Up When September Ends over when I come around. Next up, Coming Clean from Dookie and the last couple of sections of Homecoming from American Idiot. So Rock and Roll Girlfriend and We're Coming Home Again. So Coming Clean, upbeat punk feel. It's okay. No real hook in this song. Cool instrumental breakdown, however, and the lead melody in there is cool. So Rock and Roll Girlfriend, written by Trey Cool, and he lends his vocal on this song. Very Ramones, almost a rock and roll high school feel, underlying piano, horns in there, and the line, and I can play the guitar, and they got that guitar fill in there is pretty cool. And then We're Coming Home Again, cool riff, palm muting, some ooh-woos in there. Percussion sounds like Are We The Waiting? Backing vocals, either saying oh or home back there, we're coming home again. Underlying acoustic, military-style drumming, spoken word stuff at the end is a little bit uh, off-putting for me. But actually, with this one, I gotta go with coming clean again even though there's not really a hook not a huge fan of those last couple sections of the song homecoming from american idiot so coming clean wins this one next up eminus sleep us from dookie versus give me novocaine from american idiot eminus sleep us great verse and percussion he holds notes on and i don't know and it's been so long, and there's some oh-woes that get tied in there. Very, very cool part of the song. And then the breakdown, great, great percussion. So my notes on some of these songs towards the end of Dookie are short, because the songs are short. Moving on to Give Me Novocaine, great drumming intro again. Again, just the drumming is a melody in itself. Very, very cool. Great acoustic in there, verse, great melody and vocal. Chorus kicks in, awesome. Drain the pressure from the swelling. That sensation's overwhelming. There's some slide guitar in there, which is cool as well. So with Jesus of Suburbia being my favorite kind of overall song, Give Me Novocaine is not far behind. So I've got to go Give Me Novocaine with this one. Next up, In the End from Dookie versus Letterbomb from American Idiot. In the End, upbeat punk, great harmonies, breakdown, again, awesome, awesome percussion. Letterbomb, little kids, kind of backing vocals to start and then kicks into a killer, killer riff. Pre-chorus or chorus is so, so cheap trick. She's tight. It's not even funny. The town bishop's had it such a mess And he don't even know that you exist Stand still when it's too tight You better run for your fucking So between these two, gotta go with Letterbomb over in the end. Next up, F.O.D. from Dookie versus Boulevard of Broken Dreams. FOD, acoustic intro, verse, vocal, cool vibe overall. Chorus has a great, great melody. Could easily have been a full electric tune and would have worked. Kicks in at a minute 35, great riff, lyric. You're just a fuck. I can't explain it because I think you suck. Gang vocals, <laughs> that's a great part of the song. Chorus melody, Billy Joe sounds double-tracked. Very, very cool song ends with just a good night. Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Again, I know this was a huge single, but kind of ran out of quote-unquote huge singles from Dookie to put this up against. So great transition out of the song Holiday. Sounds like playing with the volume knob in there as that riff builds. Acoustic and Billy Joe come in. Drums kick in. I walk alone, I walk alone at the end of each line. 
great lead melody in there, great groove. Chorus, my shadow's the only one that walks beside me. Great underlying riff, some cool ah-ah, ah-ah, ah-ahs in there. Breakdown, back into the acoustic vocal, outro, chorus, riffing, dark, dark stuff. Almost minor <laughs> chord progressions in there as the song fades out. So, I love FOD, great song, but it, it can't, it can't beat Boulevard of Broken Dreams, so gotta go with the track from American Idiot here. So the last matchup, All By Myself from Dookie versus What's-Her-Name from American Idiot. So again, I'm All By Myself is that hidden track. FOD ends at 2.52, and then this starts at 4.09. Written and performed by Trey Cool. The Monkey's Daydream Believer, underlying piano melody back there with Trey's vocal, little kid type delivery, combination of acoustic guitar and piano back there, some harmonies in there. It's okay. was not really a fan of this originally, but it's not bad, and it's only a minute 30 long. What's her name? Drum intro, chugging riff, cool groove, verse melody, pre-chorus, call and response, riffing with arpeggiated chords. Reminds me of Shinedown a little bit. Chorus, driving riff, and lead melody. Remember, whatever, it seems like forever ago. Cool, cool backing vocals and harmonies. All right, so when I look at the breakdown of this, so off of Dookie, I chose Burnout, Chump, Longview, Welcome to Paradise, Basket Case, She, and Coming Clean. And then off of American Idiot, I chose Jesus of Suburbia and City of the Damned, those two sections of that song. Extraordinary Girl, Are We the Waiting, Wake Me Up When September Ends, Give Me Novocaine, Letter Bomb, Boulevard of Broken Dreams, and What's-Her-Name. So, the results. Eight songs from American Idiot and seven songs from Dookie. So, at the end of the day, Dookie means more to me based on when it came out and everything I was kind of going through, finishing up college, and it being kind of the soundtrack to my last year in college. Love that album. Again, it's a landmark album for kind of the, you know, power pop, punk kind of movement that came after that album came out. But at the end of the day, and this kind of proves it, American Idiot is a better album, kind of song for song, and the songwriting, again, it was 10 years later. I mean, it's a, putting these albums up against each other is a little bit tricky, because Dookie is, those songs are short and, and basic and simple, but still good. And songwriting here with the concept and all of that, they just took it to another level. So not surprised that American Idiot won, but like I said, Dookie means more to me overall. And now on to the Slam Fest tip of the week. So concert intros. So individually, through these 115 episodes, I've talked about different concert intros and but decided to kind of compare stuff up to this point and with this show the Green Day American Idiot Tour they used the theme from 2001 the Space Odyssey and after the band came on stage Billy Joe jumped up on kind of an elevated platform at the center of the stage and actually was acting like a conductor of an orchestra with the crowd kind of as that famous famous intro music ended and then they ripped into American Idiot. So with regards to big bands playing arenas, stadiums, do you prefer an intro like that to a concert or would you prefer just to see them come out on stage and start playing? So through the first 115 episodes of this podcast, obviously I started with my concert chronology moving forward but have interspersed real-time shows as they have happened but 
thinking about some intros of shows up to this point, I went back to the beginning and thought about the Iron Maiden Seventh Son tour. So the song they started with on that tour lent itself to kind of a long opening. The song Moonchild has a long intro to begin with, but that worked very well as that song kept building until it kicked in and had a bombastic intro. Kiss Hot in the Shade Tour, they've kind of used that low keyboard note for quite a while over the last 30 years or so, and I feel like it kind of started with that tour. The Metallica Black Album Tour, so they that was when they had the footage of them live backstage, and they showed different videos on the big screens of them kind of driving around the city that they were in that night, which I always thought was very, very cool. Ozzy Osbourne, No More Tears Tour, so montage of Ozzy solo and Sabbath classics <laughs> that can be reheard on that Live and Loud live album that came out after that tour ended. Awesome, awesome stuff. ACDC Ball Breaker Tour, that's when they had that crane and wrecking ball and slowly but surely was swinging back and forth until it knocked down that wall. Band came out on stage and just ripped into Back in Black, which was awesome. And then a few weeks back, talked about the Motley Crue Carnival of Sins Tour. A lot going on there. Midgets at the beginning, scantily clad women kind of dancing around. Just again, kind of a uh, carnival-type atmosphere before the band came on stage playing Shout at the Devil. So Van Halen's Fuck Tour, they just came out on stage. Eddie grabbed a drill off of the drum riser and started noodling around and then ripped into pound cake which was cool pink floyd back on that the 94 tour came out playing astronomy domine and we were like what the fuck and so that's uh, that's still dedicated to uh, kevin and robert over at in obscuria podcast the fact that we didn't know who the hell that was and what they were playing until they finally kicked in to learning to fly. Ozfest 98, Curtain Down, Riff from Believer, which was A, a deep cut, B, and unbelievable that they were actually opening with it. And as that song started to kick in, the curtain dropped, so that was pretty cool. ACDC Stiff Upper Lip Tour, someone just walked out on stage, have no idea who it was and said, ladies and gentlemen, ACDC band runs out on stage and they kicked into You Shook Me All Night Long. And then the Ozzy Osbourne, Rob Zombie, Mary Mayhem tour, Ozzy was in that suspended sleigh around the top of the arena as fake snow was falling and that was that was a memorable intro as well. So, you know, which do I prefer? Do I prefer some you know, kind of bombastic, elaborate intro. Yeah, sometimes I think it depends on the band, but other times I think it's pretty cool to be in a arena or a stadium and just have the band kind of walk out on stage, grab their instruments, and just start playing. So anyway, through this first 115 episodes, I've seen a variety of different things like that in arenas and stadiums, and I thought I would dissect that a little bit further through 115 episodes. And now to close this episode out with a which side are you on? So Green Day was the only band on the bill, so I'm going to stick with their material. And I think it's always interesting to look at albums that follow gangbuster albums. So let's go back to the follow-up to Dookie, Insomniac, released on October 10th, 1995, produced by Rob Cavallo and Green Day, charted at number two, and is certified two times platinum. So a far cry from the 10 times platinum that Dookie did, but again, that's what happens with follow-ups. It's hard 
to live up <laughs> to a big, big album like that. But let's dive into side one. Kicks off with Armitage Shanks. Great drum intro into an upbeat punk riff. Love the verse and vocal melody. What I'll call the chorus. Say whatever you want. Whoa, oh's in there. Kind of blended the want and whoa, oh in there. Great songwriting. Very cool. Great opener. Next up, Brat. Verse melody follows the riff too much. Not a huge fan of the whiny delivery, but I get it. The song is called Brat. Next up, Stuck With Me. Cool descending riff. Sounds great. Nod to 70s punk with this song. Verse delivery, just Billy Joe, and then backing vocals on I'm Just Alright. Sounds cool. Last verse, cast out, struck out, destroyed. All cool backing vocals. Breakdown, instrumental, cool bass runs in there. The outro, another verse into Well I Know, I'm Not Alright. Next up, Geek Stink Breath, so one of the singles. Hi-hat hits into a great riff. Bass really pops here. Cool verse, melody, pre-chorus, I'm on a roll, no self-control, I'm blowing off steam with methamphetamine. Chorus, very cool. They say the title of the song just once at the very end. Next up, No Pride, cool upbeat riff, bass is popping again, verse melody is cool, pre-chorus, great percussion, cool chorus melody, I got no pride, outro, I got no pride, close your eyes and die, I got no pride. Next, Babs Uvula Who, great riff, lots of space in there, has kind of an ACDC feel to it. Verse, great delivery, great harmonies, I get myself all wound up. Chorus, I lose myself and I'm all wound up. Underlying drying riff in there, cool little rocker. And then side one closes out with 86. Great drum intro into a decent riff. Verse, chugging along. Verse melody is cool. Pre-chorus, so stand aside and let the next one pass. Don't let the door kick you in the ass. And then the chorus, there's no return from 86. Very repetitive, no real hook. Doesn't do anything for me. The hook of the song is actually in the verse. Moving on to side two. Panic song, and again, lyrics by Durnt and Armstrong. So a three minute and 30 second song. Bass intro into some great drumming. Lots of space with the riff as the song builds. Very cool. Instrumental intro is almost two minutes long. And then the last minute and a half has got kind of a verse melody. Not great. Lyrics, not great. Not a great way to kick off side two. Stewart and the Avenue, great bass line into and great bass line intro and into the verse, upbeat chorus, last line before it might have made some sense, but now it's all fucked up. Outro, we're all fucked up, you're all fucked up. Next up, Brain Stew and Jaded back to back, so another single. Brain Stew first, mid tempo, great riff, tons of space in there. Great verse melody, cool vibe. On my own, here we go. Instrumental breakdown, great palm muting in there. Great double tracked vocal later in the verse. Last 40 seconds, very heavy instrumentation. Awesome song. And then Jaded kicks right in to an upbeat riff, only a minute 30. Great percussion, fits so well together with Brain Stew. Should be the same song with just two parts. And again, these songs can't be played on their own, like a lot of other classic songs over the years have to be played back to back. Next up, Westbound Sign, cool riff, verse melody is good, chorus, she's taking off, taking off, taking off, breakdown, harmonies, last 40 second instrumental driving riff. Tightwad Hill, great upbeat riff, verse melody is cool, Underline riff is cool, chorus, bumming a ride, burning daylight, last up at dawn, tight quad hill. Instrumental breakdown is cool towards the end of the song. And then the album closes out with walking contradiction, intro drumming, riffing builds, reminds me of Piece of Your Action from Motley Crue, 
And then the verse, melody, reminded me of something, and I kind of dug into that a little bit, and I hear the kinks and the replacements in there, and the kinks, do it again, is all over this song, which is not a bad thing. So taking a look at these sides, might as well just throw out Geek Stink Breath and Brain Stew Jaded, because those two cancel each other out. They're obviously the popular songs on here, but I'm a fan of Armitage Shanks, No Pride, Babs of Ula Who, and not a fan of Brat and 86 from side one. Side two, Panic Song, didn't do much for me, but everything else, Stewart and the Avenue, Westbound Sign, Tightwad Hill, Walking Contradiction, I'm a fan of all those, so I'll have to go with side two over side one of Green Day's 1995 studio album, Insomniac. Did anyone see Green Day on the American Idiot Tour in 2004-2005? If so, when and where and what were your thoughts, memories, or stories from that show? What are your thoughts on Green Day's two biggest albums, Dookie from 1994 and American Idiot from 2004? Based on my quote-unquote like song matchups, which songs do you prefer? And ultimately, which album do you like better? And last but not least, what are your thoughts on Green Day's fourth studio album, Insomniac, from 2005, Side 1 or Side 2? Let us know your thoughts by emailing us at slamfestpodcast at gmail.com or request to join our private Facebook page at Slamfest Podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time. <laughs>